Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. I wanted to talk tonight about spiritual friendship. These times, these times of COVID in these last few years, uh, one of the hardest parts about it is uh, was a f- is a feeling of not feeling as connected as we would like um, mo- for most of us. Uh, I spent most of the last two years um, just just with my wife Jane. Uh, last few months we've ventured out and we did some traveling, as as you know if you've been here for for the first time but um and we were very fortunate to have each other a a lot of people don't have somebody um that they can share with um and that makes it all the more challenging sometimes if you're with somebody and you're not on the same wavelength that can be even more challenging than being on your own so um it's not to say that being around somebody is always the the cure for um for loneliness sometimes you can feel very alone with others around but this idea of friendship particularly in these days um is really i think crucial to keep in mind uh, and some encounters recently um, have made me reflect on just how much we affect each other and we need each other. Uh, some conversations in recent times where it was clear that the connection that can be shared, that shared, is not doesn't only feel good, but can awaken in you the qualities that you are longing to express, but um, but need others to have them come alive. You probably are very familiar with the famous quote by the Buddha, where Ananda asks him or says, it seems, O Lord, that having good friends is half of the holy life. And the Buddha replies, not so, Ananda, not so. Having good friends is the whole of the holy life. Why did he say that? Having good friends is the whole of the holy life. Refuge in the Sangha, you know, there is three refuges in these teachings. There's refuge in the Buddha, in that that seed of awakening that's right inside of you, the Buddha right inside of you, uh, even more than the Buddha who lived 25, 2600 years ago, who could be in, was very inspiring, but refuge in the Buddha inside, refuge in the Dharma, in the, the natural unfolding of things, and refuge in Sangha, 
sometimes we don't give as much airplay to refuge in Sangha as we do, especially on retreats, to a very private feeling of practice on the cushion at Spirit Rock, for instance, or in the Dharma. But that's why people come to retreats instead of doing a self-retreat, as wonderful as self-retreats are, and they are fabulous, but there's something special about sitting with people. Maybe you feel that, maybe that's why you come here on a Thursday, uh, even without knowing others, just sharing 30 minutes of silence together in virtual reality with your eyes closed, but there's still something special. Oh, we're all sharing this moment together. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that kind of mysterious how just knowing there are people out there right now practicing being connected with themselves, here we are creating this community. It's one of the things, uh, if you have Insight Timer, uh, I, I have Insight Timer, and I use it mainly for the bells, but there is this aspect of Insight Timer where you can see, oh, right now there's 178,293 people that are meditating in this moment who are using Insight Timer. Wow, the Buddha never would have imagined that one, right? Oh, yeah, right in the comfort of my living room. And there's something about that feeling of connection. I want to say a little bit about the Buddha's words and then explore for ourselves. Um, one thing that's, um, I think, really useful to know um, has to do with the seven factors of enlightenment, these seven qualities that are, um, that are the foundation for awakening. There's mindfulness and investigation and um, uh, energy or effort and joy and calm and concentration and equanimity. And he goes through the list and there is different causes, there's different ways to cultivate each of these qualities. And there's one common factor or one common support for each of these seven factors. And that is being in the company of someone who possesses that trait. If you want to develop more calm, be around calm people. If you want to develop joy, be around people that value joy, etc., etc. It's the only one of all of those seven that is consistent throughout. And as the Buddha says very clearly a number of times in the in the uh, teachings, keep the company of the wise, avoid the company of the foolish. That's usually the word that's translated. 
Of course, we can't always avoid the company of the foolish. And sometimes we fall into that category. So it's not like, oh, there's the wise people and there's the foolish. We can all have our ups and downs. But as best you can to be with people who remind you of your own goodness and be judicious about being around those who tear you down or who are negative or who are um, lost in uh, despair or fear or um, or uh, or anger. As I say, we all have those. They're all part of being human. And we can have compassion for people who are lost in fear. And certainly if our energy is, our energy field is stronger than someone's who's filled with fear, we can actually support and override them and help them remember that calm, like Thich Nhat Hanh in that famous example, the, the boats that made it through the treacherous journey from escaping from Vietnam, the boat people that made it were the ones that had one calm person in the boat and that could radiate out to the others. So it's not like it's a black and white kind of a thing, but in general, to be around like-minded friends. <clears throat> and there's one discourse that I wanted to share with you where he goes into um, a bit of detail on what makes a good friend and what are false friends. And this is a, a discourse from uh, the Digga Nikaya. Digga Nikaya means the long verses, the long discourses. Maybe you've heard of Majima Nikaya, which is the middle length discourses. This is the Digga Nikaya. Let me put it in here. Digga Nikaya. Nikaya is body of teachings, and Digga means long, uh, lengthy teachings. And this is the discourse number 31 in the Digga Nikaya. And this is uh, called the Sigala Sutta or Sigalovada Sutta. And it's a discourse, a teaching that the Buddha gave to, um, to a, a lay person named Sigala about different relationships in lay people's life. This is all, it's also called advice to lay people. And I want to, let me see if I can pull it up because I have it. Yeah, I have it uh, here for you. We could just read a little of it together. I'll share the screen. Different kind of friends. Okay. So first there are, he says, beware of four enemies disguised as friends. Let me just make sure you can see this, right? Can everybody see it? Okay. So he says, young man, Sigala was a, a young man, be aware of these four enemies disguised 
as friends, the taker, the talker, the flatterer, and the reckless companion. And then he has, each of these has four qualities. This is a, if you like lists, this is a sutta for, for lists, okay? And this is, this is one part of the sutta. There's many other lists on this, in this sutta. These are the four enemies disguised as friends. The taker can be identified by four things. One who only takes, one who asks for a lot while giving a little, one who performs their duty out of fear or offers service in order to gain something. Okay, these, he's just naming what you already know, but it's good to see, mm, okay, let's see of the people I know, um, who are my real friends and who are not so. So that's the taker. Then the talker. The talker can be identified by four things. By reminding of their past generosity. Hey, you remember when I did this for you? Yeah, I hope you remember. Promising future generosity. Mouthing empty words of kindness. And protesting personal misfortune when called on to help. So you say, oh, I could really use your help. And they say, oh, I'm sorry, this happened to me, that happened. You know, I, I'm, just, I'm just not gonna be available, like I said the last time. So this is the talker. The flatterer can be identified by four things, by supporting both bad and good behavior indiscriminately. So they just get you to do what they feel like doing. If it's good, okay. If it's bad, doesn't matter. They're, they're just there. Go for it, guy. Praising you to your face and putting you down behind your back. Again, you don't have to be contemporary. This is 25, 2600 years ago. It was the same then as it is now. And then the reckless companion can be identified by four things, by accompanying you in drinking, roaming around at night, partying, and gambling. Now, I'm all for having a good time, but as the Buddha recommended, everything in moderation. So with all of these, you don't have to make it a, a strict, um, puritanical kind of a, an, uh, an edict or rules, but just seeing when you get reckless or if somebody is reckless in these. Um, and I hope you have some good times in the evening. And I hope you have some good times at gatherings and parties um, and uh, just be aware of moderation. Okay, so those are the the enemies disguised as friends. And now here's the good-hearted friends. Young man, be aware of these four good-hearted friends. The helper, the friend who endures in good times and bad, the mentor, and the compassionate friend.
And then he goes into each of these in some detail. The helper can be identified by four things. They protect you when you are vulnerable. And likewise, they protect your wealth. So they want you to take good care of your assets. They are a refuge for you when you're afraid. And when things are needed, they give you twice what you ask for. Now you can take this all with a, you know, at your, as you like. Don't feel, oh, if I'm not giving twice what somebody asks, I'm not a good friend. But these, these are the helper friends. When you're vulnerable, they take care of your assets. They're there for you when you're afraid. And you're there, and they're there for you when you need them. Okay. The enduring friend, one who endures in good times and bad. And I have a, a second translation. Let's see if there's difference. They tell you their secrets. You know how good it is when, when there's a kind of intimacy and, and you can trust somebody with something inside of you. It's so hard to keep it inside when you're all alone. But when you can tell somebody, you can get it off your chest and they can be there for you and understand. They guard your secrets closely so you can trust them. They don't abandon you in misfortune and they would even die for you. Well, that's, that's quite a friend that would give up their life for you. But you got the idea, someone who's really there for you in good times and in bad times, through thick and thin, as we say, then there's this friend, the mentor, or in another translation, the counselor, somebody who is a wise friend. And I want to just mention, of course, it's not like, oh, this one is my helper friend, and this one is my enduring friend. We're all, we can be all of them to each other. So it's not so clear cut, but these different qualities are really interesting to be named and identified. And I particularly like this list, the mentor or the counselor friend restrains you from wrongdoing. So you might be about to do something that you'll later regret. And a good friend will say, hold on a moment wait a moment, you don't want to do something that you're going to regret. And that takes somebody who you can really trust, who is able to say, hey, I care about you, don't go there. A friend who guides you towards good actions. And let me see. They support you in doing good, is this translation. They are keeping you on the right path. 
And then this third one in this translation says, this mentor friend or counselor friend tells you what you ought to know. And in another translation, they teach you what do you what you do not know. And that is, they help you become more conscious. A friend who's willing to say, hey, I care about you and you were a bit off here. And it takes courage sometimes to give somebody feedback. You know, of course, if they've got spinach in their teeth, for instance, if you had spinach in your teeth and you didn't know it, wouldn't you want somebody to say, oh, hey, you got something in there. And sometimes you say, oh, no, no, no. I can't tell them that it'll be too embarrassing. No, 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 no. You want to know if you've got spinach in your teeth. Well, you take that a whole other level and my friend, there's something that it's important for you to understand here. When you did this, it didn't feel so good. Or when you did this, there was harm that was caused. Maybe you didn't realize it, whether it's to me or to another. That's a good friend. And finally, the mentor or the counselor friend shows you the path to heaven. That's another way of saying, shows you, helps you in your Dharma practice. They are leading you, helping you, supporting you towards awakening. And then finally, the compassionate friend can be identified by four things, by not rejoicing in your misfortune, by delighting in your good fortune. That's a really good friend. You know, when, when you can be having a really great time and even if somebody isn't and they're and they're delighted that you are i remember reading a, a quote from montaigne who said there's something not altogether too displeasing in delighting in the misfortune of our friends you know it's kind of like misery loves company that's not a real friend someone who delights in your good fortune who's cheering you on that's a good friend someone who prevents others from speaking ill of you. That is, if somebody else is speaking, is, is, is criticizing or judging you, whether it's behind your back or to you, they're there, they've got your back, as, as the saying goes. And the compassionate friend encourages others who praise your good qualities. So somebody else is saying, something nice about you yeah isn't she great and it's just kind of like that edifying of support okay let me come back here now so these are the the buddha's words on good friendship and i have a few more things to say and then hopefully i'd like to open it up to a conversation so as as these um uh, these teachings say a good friend you can share your sorrows and your joys with 
and they help you hold your pain. And we need, we need people in our lives who can do that. Otherwise, it's way too lonely when we human beings are social creatures. And if we don't have that kind of connection, then we we can die of loneliness as an infant is born if they don't have enough love they have they can succumb to what's called failure to thrive and they can die on maslow's hierarchy of needs after there's five hierarchy, hierarchy uh, five steps in the hierarchy of needs. After our physiological needs, food, food and clothing are taken care of, then we need safety. And then after we have our, our basic needs met, the, the most essential one after that is a sense of belonging, is a sense of not being alone. even more important than how great we feel about ourselves. The next one is self-esteem and the final one is self-actualization. But we need to belong. We need to feel that somebody cares about us. Without it, we are um, truly suffering. And this is why people join gangs or have their tribes. The unfortunate thing about tribes is that our tribe, almost by definition, means there's others out there. And we can get very caught up in feeling that we belong because we're different from other. And we all, I think, are very well aware of the the pain and suffering and sorrow that uh, that our society is going through these days with so much divisiveness. But our true nature is that we are wired up for connection. In Tibetan teachings, the ground of being, the ground of being of the, the nature of awareness is has three components. It is intrinsically empty. It is naturally radiant, that is awake and cognizant, and it is ceaselessly responsive. The nature of awareness is to respond to life around us. That is the ground of our being. So, you know, we are not alone. No man is an island, as what John Donne, I think, said. We are not alone, and we need each other. And friendship has a very special component when we have that sense of connection, more than just, oh, we're in the same tribe, but we have a sense of true connection with another and we feel their love and support, something quite extraordinary 
happens, the field that you create with someone else, the whole is greater than the sum of your individual parts. You're creating a field together. And in that field, there's an exchange of goodwill and love that is a kind of feedback loop. It goes back and forth. You know how it is when you're with a friend, you can be maybe have have been in a bad mood and then you're with your friend and all of a sudden, ah, okay, it's not so bad now. You just have somebody to help you hold your pain or share your joy. And there's this reminding each other of your goodness. And as I said before, if you are getting having a hard time getting in touch with your own goodness, someone else can help awaken that in you. And this is a, a thing I want to do, something I wanted to just focus on for a few moments. Besides the good friends that you might have, we have people in our life who help awaken our goodness. I was a school teacher for, uh, for a number of years, as I've mentioned here before. And that was my, that was my challenge to myself to see if I could connect with each kid and awaken the goodness in them or feel their heart. And some, some kids, you didn't have to try at all. It was more like, oh, I've got to put on shades because their, their light is so bright. Others, it took more. And, but that was my challenge. Even more than whatever math lesson they learned or, uh, or, or content, could I, could I open to that kid's heart? And I, I, to this day, just a, a couple of weeks ago, somebody wrote me, who I hadn't heard from in 50 years, Mr. Barris, is that you? And we've had a beautiful exchange and I sent him my book and, uh, and he remembers our sixth grade class. I sent him a picture of the class and he said, wow, do you remember a teacher in your life? I hope you do, who did that for you? Just remember what teacher, maybe in your school, growing up in school, so there's probably one or two teachers that stood out that just believed in you. It's so special, even when you might not have believed in yourself, and they did. Ah, and we can be that for each other even now. That's why for me, mentoring is such a, is, is the greatest joy there is, just about the greatest joy there is, to help somebody shine and to, to bring out the best in them. And you can be that for someone else, because sometimes they might not be able to see their goodness, but if they trust you, or they respect you, or they believe in you, and you are seeing their beauty and their goodness, miracles can happen. Trauma, a lifetime of trauma 
can be healed through that. I've seen it for myself many times, how amazing it is, especially on retreat when you're just so fortunate people come in and they're so open and so vulnerable and they're opening to their deepest pains and vulnerabilities and demons and sorrows. But if they can feel that it's a trusting, loving refuge environment, and they feel that you believe in them, or that you're seeing the Buddha in them. That's my, just like I did when I was my kid, with my kids in, in, uh, in elementary school. Uh, my job, I'm just looking, even if somebody's having a meltdown, I'm, I'm tuning into the Buddha in them. And you can do this, you can actually bring it out in somebody by them feeling that you believe in them. And it, it takes creating enough safety so that they can feel, they can let in your love, that they can feel okay to not be perfect and to just be seen and to know that whatever you're you're caring about them, even if with all their craziness that you care about them, because the craziness is just the mind that's gotten in the way, all the habits that have gotten in the way. But if you tune into their goodness, ah, then the more you tune into it, the more you awaken it. <clears throat> this is a, a, a quote that I, I, I love. <clears throat> I, I used to, we used to be on the, uh, I was on the family council for many years and we used to have meetings at at one one friend our friend lynn's house and she had this sign in her bathroom it was a little lovely painting and i see it's all over the internet i said what is that how did that go again because i just loved it so i loved going to the meetings because i loved reading the this little teaching a friend is someone who knows you as you are understands where you've been, accepts what you have become, and still gently allows you to grow. I'll read it again. A friend is someone who knows you as you are, understands where you've been, accepts what you have become, and still gently allows you to grow. I looked it up on the internet and William Shakespeare is attributed to that, but so is, uh, I think Desmond Tutu and so are a few other people. So I don't know who, I don't know. It doesn't sound like Shakespeare, but you can get it on the internet. I, I got a, the, a, a, a corollary to that. A friend is someone who thinks you're a good egg, even though he knows you're slightly cracked, you know, so they both work. <clears throat> so, this is what we're, what I, I, I hope that you can see the power not only of, uh, the valuing not only of your friends, but your capacity to be that for others in a very profound way. So I think just as I'll end here and just would like you to reflect for a moment and maybe we can have some, some time to, uh, to check in. 
and uh, go inside. I invite you to go inside and think of a good friend in your life. And perhaps if nobody comes to mind right now, maybe think of a good friend that you've had or a mentor if, if that would be more appropriate. And bring them to mind. Have an image of them if you can, as best you can. And just feel the connection that you share or have shared. And feel the specialness that you both create together or created together, that field of goodwill and of support. And what qualities about your friendship make it special or have made it special? <clears throat> Okay, now I just opened up the, um, the, the chat box, and if you feel like it, put in what qualities of friendship uh, made it uh, special or make it special for you. And we can have a little bit of a community here. And while you're doing that, uh, uh, somebody asked, what was the number of the reading from the Nikaya? It's number 31, the Sigala Sutta. I'll, I'll, I'll put that in there, Sigala Sutta. Or Sigalavada Sutta. Go ahead, now put in something in your, okay. Uh, they appear to be interested. Yeah, that's one of the greatest things, to, to just be interested and give someone your presence. Uh, there is a generosity to the friendship, a good listener, presence, that's, that's the magic. Mm. Unconditional acceptance, mutual admiration. They give me the benefit of the doubt mutual respect and joy for each other's path respect and joy for each other's path mm. my friend what is it good sense of humor wonderful laughing together that's extraordinary they genuinely care about me again humor being reminded not to take it too seriously or too personally deep listening, not just hearing. Yeah, all of these, it's not like you've got to be brilliant, like you've got to have all the answers, just being a, a kind, loving, interested presence. That's, that's really the essence of it. Okay, a couple of um, times somebody said, Do you have suggestions about how to find those kinds of friends? Someone asks. Oh, mutual admiration is another one. How to find those kinds of friends? Well, being in in Dharma circles definitely is a good start. 
um, being engaged and doing things in community with things that really um, of, are of interest to you. And if caring and volunteering or having some cause that touches you is, uh, is, is some, something that moves you, finding other people who have similar interests and then being with them, sharing with them, playing with them, and not waiting for them to invite you, but to be willing to reach out. If you like somebody, it's amazing what can happen when you say, you know, I really enjoy, I really like you. I really, and I know it might be kind of a, a scary thing to say, but if somebody says, hey, you know, I've enjoyed being around you. How about if we have uh, have a meal together or or do something together? Unless somebody is extremely busy, and that's of course always possible, you've got to be willing to reach out. But here's here's the thing, and I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. I think um, instead of wondering, oh, what will they think of me? If you have an ongoing meta practice of just sharing your love well, people want to hang out with you. It's a huge shift in perspective from, oh, what do they think of me, to, ah, hi, nice to know you. So um, just some things to contemplate. And we just have a few minutes left, but uh, I wonder if there's any comments, questions, um, reflections, uh, and you can unmute yourself. Um, let's see. Let me uh, let me do this here, and uh, I can I can uh, if you want to unmute, then you can unmute and and speak. Anybody who wants to say something. Any comments? Nathan, hi. Hi. Uh, something that really struck me was when you were talking about the four types of friends, four types of folks to have in your life, I thought that everything that you said really applies to the way we treat ourselves too. You, you hit you 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 hit pay dirt that i'm so glad you brought that up because it starts with being your own best friend if you can be your friend which is really i think what it, the essence of the the first part of the the dharma journey of changing from being your critic to being your own best friend, everything flows from that because then all of your goodness naturally shines forth. Then you see, oh, how wonderful. I, I have some love to share. So thank you very much for that. <laughs> Any other last, last comment? It's almost time to go. Mm. 
Mm -hmm. Let's see. Well, I I call this uh, this talk uh, in the, the write-up. You've got a friend, and I I hope that you you know that song. It's a wonderful song. Uh, there's not time to sing it. I have the uh, I have the lyrics here. Maybe I'll I'll share them. Uh, and um, let's see. Mm -mm -mm. When you're down and troubled and you need some loving care and nothing, no, nothing is going right. Close your eyes and think of me and soon I will be there to brighten up even your darkest nights. You just call out my name and you know wherever I am I'll come running to see you again. Winter, spring, summer, or fall. All you have to do is call. And I'll be there. Yes, I will. You've got a friend. So this week, I, I hope you can practice appreciating all of your friends. Let them know you appreciate them and be a good friend. Let that be a practice. Just be a, mm, be a, um, a field of, of goodwill and you'll make it a better world around you. So may our time here together be of benefit to ourselves, to everyone in our lives, and to all beings everywhere.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.